0: For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Packs What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined this week by a very special guest, Dusty Evely of Cheesehead TV, Packer Report, Pack-A-Day Podcast, The Watch and Stuff Podcast. Honestly, if you follow Packs What She Said, You know Dusty. Dusty's been on the show before. So excited that he can be here to join me. Kind of wish we had started recording five minutes ago when we were talking about Shark Exorcist and Birdemic and um, Slotherhouse. Slotherhouse. Yeah, Yeah, but I don't know. Honestly, maybe the Packers-Raiders game will kind of mimic that same vibe when we get into the discussion about what went right, because not a lot did. And what went wrong in, of course, the Packers Week 5 loss to the Raiders 17-13 in Vegas. Dusty, first, thank you so much for joining me. And thank second, what what'd you think of the game? How would you like it?
0: It was great. I loved it. I had a blast. <laughs> uh, no, it was frustrating. It was awful. It's, it was one of those... Um, the, the parallel I was going to draw was like... Um... You know, there was a Monday night game years ago when Cutler was with the Bears. One of the few times the Bears beat the Packers. And it was, I think the Packers set their team record for penalties that day. Uh, it was like 17 penalties. One of the ending ones was Jay Cutler throwing a floater interception to Charles Woodson. and uh, But then getting like a, a ticky-tack DPI and Cutler on the ground celebrating after an interception. That's my lasting impression of that game. And the feeling I had watching it is the feeling I had watching this for entirely different reasons. We're just, it's, it's very like, you're two or three plays away. You're right there. You felt like the entire game. Okay, at some point they're getting this thing on the rails, even if just for a drive. They're going to put this thing away, and it's just so frustrating because they were so close so many times, and they cannot put it away. This was their this was their worst game in the red zone all season against a defense that was very bad in the red zone. I'm mean, a defense that was bad in general, but I think the Raiders were giving up uh, like 29th in the league. I think they were giving up touchdowns like 75% of opponents' trips to the to the red zone or something like that. So all like. You had a handful of big plays, not very many, but a handful. They, I was going to say they finally got their running game back on track, but they didn't. Like, AJ <laughs> Dillon had, like, less than four yards per carry. It was just better than 2.2 or whatever. So just the whole game, I'm talking way too much, as as is my want, Maggie. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a very – it was extremely frustrating game, like, punctuated by that interception at the end. Just this – felt like it was close. The ball's in the air. I allowed myself to have a little hope. I should not have done that. And then the ball was picked off. Just it was felt like it was so close. Frustrating loss. Um, the bye weeks here, which is good. I mean, they can they can hopefully fix some of the stuff. But yeah, you're going in on kind of a sour note for sure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, Perry and I had talked about it after. I think it was the Falcons game, maybe the Saints game, which obviously we watched together live. Mm-hmm. The, the sense that you got and that game looked hopeless in the first half. It was yes. not a fun environment at Lambeau. You know, the crowd wasn't really into it at that point but it still kind of felt like Jordan Love could make something happen with the offense. And I don't know about you. I mean, there's, there's takes all over Twitter. I try to stay off the internet after a loss for that Mm very reason. And also after a win, because I think, you know, your perspective is kind of skewed regardless, but what do you think, the issue is right now with the offense. We talked about it a little bit after the Saints game, right? Where we said, how can you tell if there's even growing pains when your offense isn't cohesively yeah. out on the field, you know, you're dealing with injuries. Aaron Jones isn't playing that adds a wrinkle. Of course, we thought he would go against the Raiders didn't happen. You know, is this a Matt LaFleur thing? Is this a Jordan love thing? Is this a young offense thing? Is it all of the above that makes it just completely difficult to get anything going? Because the first couple weeks of the season, I had said to Perry, I think it was after the Falcons game. Like I've, I kind of thought, you know, Jordan Love can march down the field and he can make something happen. And I have that trust in him. And I still feel that way after the mm-hmm. after the Raiders game. I think he can be the guy, small sample size, but something's something's gotta give on the offensive side of the ball. And we yeah. haven't seen that yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it's young guys, it's execution. I mean, I think like love, it's a funny thing. I was I was re-watching the game and I was like <laughs> In a vacuum, love played better than I thought he did. Uh mm-hmm. I like I know the there was there's a stat going around that he was uh two for 10 at passes over 10 yards down the field or something like that, which is which is 100 percent true. But those passes were like he had one for 11 he had one for 13, and then nothing else under 30, and he had two above 40. Like just shocking. So he was two for 10 because everything was like, well, and that's the funny thing. Everything was um not just short, it was outside the numbers, which which I have been laughing about because for years it was they had a quarterback who refused, steadfastly refused, to throw in the middle of the field. Now they want to. What they want to do is they want to attack the middle of the field, and they can't. So now they're forced to throw outside the numbers. So, I mean, I think some of its um, you know offensive line I think plays a big part in it. Uh, Aaron Jones not being there plays a big part in it. This is a stat. I think I mentioned this um, somewhere else multiple times. I think this week at random wherever things, uh, even in the first game, that Bears game that was their best running rushing performance of the year, which was, of course, you know, Jones was there most of the time. They had one yard before contact that entire game, one yard. It was got, it was Jones making stuff happen. After, like they, they weren't getting push even then. Even this game was better because of doing this kind of vertical push. It was kind of more of the, what suits AJ Dylan's, uh mm-hmm. style, where they're kind of, you're pushing straight ahead. You're not kind of doing, relying on the wide zone. A lot of the pull stuff they want to do earlier. They kind of abandoned that uh, because Dylan can't do it. But they still they can't move the linebackers out of the field. They want to go heavy play action and they can't. Like that was even the, the first interception. Like they can't. The linebackers are not respecting it. They can't do it. So everything's outside of the numbers. And I thought love for his part for all the stuff outside of the numbers. One of my main concerns with him has been accuracy outside the numbers uh he can throw it on time but there's times he's it's not that he's late he's just he's consistently hitting the inside shoulder on those out routes which like at some point db's gonna jump one of those you can get your mm-hmm. hands on him he was consistently putting it outside he's putting it where his guys can make plays on him, and it was all short dink and dunk stuff but i thought he looked really good outside the numbers and i thought his deep ball looked better than it has all season like there was some like there, there was the one to christian watson that like watson slowed down on there was the one to Jaden reed that was kind of a huck up and pray because the first thing he was looking at was not there because two guys were in the same spot and the pocket started breaking down. I mean, I think really I'm not breaking any ground here. It all starts with the offensive line. Yeah. Offensive line needs to be better. They need to be healthier to be better. Uh, Tucker Kraft hasn't really done anything. That was the guy you're hoping to like grow into a blocker. Like he's not been he's not been good in helping out there. Musgrave's been a little better but the, they've had such a hard time with the offensive line. They they've had a hard time getting stuff on track. So I think based on it, it's hard to isolate these things. I mean, as you were saying, it's hard to isolate these things. I think, I think love, I don't feel better or worse about love after this game, I guess. Like he's still, he was the same guy, right? Like he's, he's calm for the most part. He's making the right reads. That first interception was bad, but for the most part, he's seems to be making the right reads. It's just, it's a, I think it's a mix of, I, I think I like what LaFleur has been calling. I think there's, you throw some caveats on there, but I like how the floor has been calling the games. I, I think for the most part, he's done a very good job with that. The lions game was just a nightmare from the beginning. So it's hard to okay. judge ba- based too much on that. But I think I like what he's been doing, but execution has been awful. And some of that is just, I don't know if it's, it's guys doing stuff they're not used to doing, or if it's uh, just a whole bunch of young guys. It's one of the reasons I wanted Mercedes Lewis back, honestly, mm-hmm. it was like, get a guy out there that like, when things start breaking down, you know, he knows what he's supposed to do. And there's guys not, not to knock any of the young guys, but you need all 11 guys doing what they're supposed to be doing. And there's just, there's so many times that's one guy, one guy in the wrong spot that's blowing stuff up. And that's, I don't think that's a coaching thing. I think that's just, that's the growing pain stuff that I think is going to be all season. So it's been frustrating, but it's just been, I think the main issue has just been been execution on a lot of this stuff, which, which, Sucks because there's not really good easy fix for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think I think the really hard part too, like we don't typically see a ton of emotion out of Matt LaFleur. You know, he's he's kind of just on the sidelines regardless of if they're up by 40, if they're down by 25. Like he's got a poker face, and you can like he has concern on his face, right? Like mm-hmm. his expression changes. But this was the first time I felt like we saw him, like when he got after Luke Musgrave. Like that doesn't really feel like the LaFleur we've known for the last four seasons. Yeah. So you can tell there's like frustration, mounting intention that, you know, I think the coaching staff, they realize like, this is a year we're supposed to be evaluating our quarterback and we have a good football team on paper. The defense is doing enough to win us football games, but be successful. It's like you said, nothing happens in a vacuum. So like you need the offensive line to be blocking. You can't throw two tight ends at Max Crosby who both whip on a block and then expect okay. that to go anywhere. Like, It's just a lot of frustration and Jordan love, I think has handled it as well as he could have the young, I mean, Christian Watson full accountability in his presser saying he has to be better. Like the guys know what they need to do. And I think that they can turn things around, but it's also hard to think about. And I guess that's, that's a question you don't have the answer to, but how do you think this team can turn things around? Because they had 10 days to prepare for the Raiders, a really bad defense, a not very good offense. And they lost that game what changes after the bye when you're playing a worse Broncos team on the road again?
0: It's tough because the answer is simplify stuff, but I think it's already been, I think they've already relatively simplified stuff. And one of the things that encouraged me, I think, I think LaFleur has done better at second half adjustments this year than we've seen him in the past. Like some of the stuff they've done coming out of halftime. I mean, the saints game is an easy example because they, they came back and won that game, but they have, there has been stuff. Stuff's not working. Scrap it. And I think this game uh, to me was one that I was impressed with. I mean, again, the running game, not great but this is something that two years ago i feel like we're. as i as said we were i know we and i don't know how they were in the building there was the it seemed like there was a pretty large assumption based on the fact that he played the previous weekend that jones was going to play yeah. this week and then it was like the day before he was ruled out it was that, that afternoon he was officially ruled out but there was there was rumblings only a day before this is an issue this is something in the past i think the floor had just gone like we don't have time to do anything. We're scrapping the game plan or we're just going to do the same game plan. We're doing because with Jones in there, again, you're doing a lot of the wide zone stuff. You're doing a lot of counter stuff, the kind of the attack on the edges, the stuff that he wants to do to get those linebackers flowing. The fact that they went simple and they went like so heavy inside zone, duo smash you in the mouth, Dylan stuff. I don't think that's something he would have done two years ago. So I think there's, I think there's growth there. And I think he has it in him to dial this back. And again, some of it is simplified. We've, we've seen, Uh, we've seen him dial up different things every week, uh, to the point where like there's not one thing they've been leaning on, but there is stuff that they can lean on. There is stuff that they can go to. Uh, like a lot of the quick game stuff has been the same. Like that that's been relatively simple. I think they can pare some stuff down. I I think they can get Jordan Love on the move a little bit more. He's been very good when creating, uh, but also with that with the offensive line the way it is, I think they have to move him out a little bit more. So I think there's things you can do, and real, I mean, really, it's just I mean when you're looking at week to week game plan, you're looking at week to week, you know, how, <laughs> how can we execute better? It's paring that down. It's, it's taking your practice time on it. I mean, that was, that's the air raid stuff. It's just like, we've got five plays cause we've got limited practice time and we're just drilling these five plays over and over again. Not that they need to go to five plays or anything. I'm not, I'm not advocating for the Packers. <laughs> I might be advocating for the Packers to go air raid. Uh, but I think they need to pare it down just like, all right, we need to be experts at these, Ten concepts, like two running concepts and eight passing concepts. We need to be experts, and then everything else we build off of that. And I think against the Broncos, you can do that, and then you get really good at that, and you build off a little more. So I think they just need to strip it down, go back to basics, and then just get everyone on the same page with all that stuff because it's been again offensive line has been a mess, and that sucks, and there's there's nothing you can do about that. But I think if you can get the passing game in a rhythm, if you can get those guys kind of doing what they're supposed to do. I think you can build off of that. So that's, I don't know. That's, I think, I think that's what they need to do. And I'm sure I assume that's what they're going to be looking at going to that Broncos game in a couple of
1: weeks. So I know that this is, it's still early, right? Like, I I guess I say that it's early and it's not earlier. A fourth of the way through the season at this point, there's, there's not a lot you can totally change at this point, but I know, you know, there's always circulation floating around of thoughts, how, you know, all the Twitter GMs would improve things for the team. Do you think that there's any, would you add a vet at any position? Do you think some of those things are really impactful on offense? Or do you think the best assessment we can get of love with this young offense is to give these guys reps? Like would bringing a vet into the wide receiver room help? Would it hurt? Because then you have guys like Dontavian Wicks not getting snaps.
0: I think it depends on the vet. Cause I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's a very easy answer, but I think it back to like last year, it was Sammy Watkins, but then Sammy Watkins is running the wrong grass. <laughs> I mean, I think the time to get a vet would have been in the off season like, again, like Mercedes Lewis. I mean, now if Devontae Adams is on the table, like giddy up, man, like I, I do think that veteran presence is helpful. Um, but at this point in the season, if they are kind of wait and see, like you said, like at this point, I, I want to see Dontavian Wicks on the field. I don't want to see him off the field. Uh right. So if that's if that's going to be the deciding factor, I'd like to do that. I think there is value in in a vet, but I think bringing a vet in off the off the street that doesn't know the floor system, that doesn't know any of the guys in there, I don't think that helps right now. But if you can, if there's someone out there. And I haven't looked at who's out there. If there's someone out there who knows the floor, knows some of these guys, has been around the system, has been in the league, you know, been with the Packers even a couple of years ago, you know, bring a guy like that back and just like you're getting five snaps a game, but you're here as essentially like a de facto coach. I'd be all for it. But I think that was kind of more of an off-season thing, would be my guess. I think they're just gonna sink or swim. And uh, we've seen how that's gone the
1: past couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so that that kind of segues into before we flip to the defense. Um, on pack a day last week, because we didn't have a post-game to talk about, Andrew and Kyle and I looked at like our off-season predictions and how they were kind of aligning so far through the first four weeks. This was obviously before the Raiders game. And we said like this is when you need to start building momentum. You have the Raiders, you have the Broncos, you have the Vikings, then you have the Rams. And then it gets hard. Like then you're playing Smash Mouth, you've got the Steelers, the Lions, the Chiefs. Like it doesn't get easy. So this is when you have to start stacking the wins and being successful. And I'm not sure what your season prediction was before the season started but Andrew and I had said 10 and 7 and Kyle had said 9 and 8 so what I guess was your expectation for this team and has that perspective changed and do you think that this team can bounce back or do you think that right now we are on a trajectory that is not a pleasant one
0: I'm trying to remember what I said. Um, I want to say I was ten and seven. I was, but I was probably twelve and five. If I'm being honest with myself. It's yeah. probably what <laughs> I was. I tend to be a little more optimistic. I look, at, I look at the pieces. I look at the schedule. I look at the division and go, oh, I talk myself into this. They're, they're going to win sixteen games this year. I was, I was probably, uh, yeah, I was probably about twelve and five would be my guess. Uh, so yeah, I'd say it has to change because I don't see. I don't think they're going to lose only two games. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, be pre- that'd be pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think. I get stuff because you want to say again, like you want to say coming into this game, they had that long layoff. This was, you make the adjustments, you go in, you go into the bye week with a, with a big convincing, happy win over a terrible Raiders team. And then you feel, you feel comfortable I mean, right now. I don't feel comfortable coming out of the bye. They're going to beat the Broncos. I know the Broncos are like bad, bad, but I don't feel comfortable right now saying that. So I, I think, I think they've got a chance to do it at this point. I'll believe it when I see it, that they, it's just, it's, I want to repeat the same talking voice. There's, there's been no consistency with this team. Um, the most consistent part of this team has been the defense. I think which just, just absolutely shocking to me. Uh, they can't get anything going offensively for more than two drives and, and then everything kind of falls apart. So I think they can, I mean, if they're growing together, if this offensive line gets healthy, because that's what I try to remind myself, like Jenkins was back and they're, they're everyone, they're kind of preferred starters for the rest of the season was there. John and Ronnie was in a walking boot like three days before the game. Uh, Zach Tom clearly is hobbled. Elton Jenkins is 100%. So the, if those guys can get healthy, if the offensive line can get right, if Jones can get healthy and you've got Christian Watson now out there, like this was like his first full game, you get Dobbs worked in a little bit more, you get them playing off each other, which you saw towards the end of last season, like what they can do, they're just rarely on the field together at the same time. I think they can build momentum. Like I believe that they can but I also, at this point, I'm not gonna talk myself into them being that team until like, until I actually see it at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the sentiment that we had kind of established was, and I, I feel like there's always a little asterisk here, like, the goal of this season is to evaluate Jordan Love, and mm-hmm. the rest is kind of gravy. Like, it doesn't really matter what the record is, you're getting your young guys experience, but there are some decisions that are going to have to be made, like, we have both running backs that are going into contract years, you don't know if the starting running back is even, you know, on the team this year, mm-hmm. if that's something they'd look to in the draft, so there are some big questions, but... Jordan Love it's really hard to evaluate your talent when they're running for their life and their receivers are dropping balls like I think I keep saying we're going to shift to the defense but i um, like that final drive it really felt like something was going to happen and mm-hmm. you kind of feel for Jordan Love in those moments when I thought for sure Dobbs had that easy completion and it was a miss and then Luke Musgrave and I know that the Christian Watson one was tough because that that felt like it was not on the same page if that's like Rodgers and Jordy or Rodgers and Devontae that's that's an easy six you know like there's different scenarios and things have to be taken with a grain of salt when it's your young quarterback but it just felt like you know in moments even the the 77 yarder to Watson early in the game that horse collar I think saved the Raiders the game right Mm -hmm. because if if Watson scores then the defense has played well enough to keep you keep you in the lead here so that just a lot stacked against this team and We've seen them overcome adversity, obviously in person <laughs> at yeah. the Saints game. But it seems like just repeatedly they're getting the chip stacks against them week after week, and it's kind of hard to climb out of those holes.
0: Well, I even say that like, that game-ending interception. I even say like that was you talk about Love's eyes going the right place. Eyes are in the right place. Like the, they were um, Raiders were aligned. They had, like two high safeties, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Watson was the ISO on that side or something. He's running a go route right on on the left side. He kind of checks out initially and, the, and the, the the Raiders guys, the Raiders safety's cheating down. So he knows he's got him. You can see him. He's even hitching. He's going to, he's going to throw that. He's got him in rhythm. And then someone, I can't remember who it was. Like and it was Josh Myers' his dog walked into him. So he has to break pocket. He can't, he can't throw it at the time. So when he breaks, he's like, I know I got him. So the ball's out a little late because he's moving, but he also knows I've got Watson one-on-one. I know he's going to cook that guy. I know I've got him. So that was one, if the offensive line held up for another half second, I think it's a touchdown. I think he hits him in rhythm. It comes out. I think he, that's another. He made the right read. Eyes were in the right place. He knew exactly what to do. Offensive line gave him like no time on that one, which sucks. Well, that that's another one. But, like, how do we evaluate that? Because like that's that was not the read. That was an alert. Like he looked at that, he re- he read, he saw the matchup based on that. He knew he had it on one-on-one. That's exactly what you want to do. He would have moved off of that. That safety was back. So that's a good quarterback play up until the point he throws the ball short. Like, <laughs> How do you evaluate that?
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see uh, see what the Andy Herman grades are for uh, for the offense on that one. Because, <laughs> I mean, it, it's absolutely true. And then, you know, flipping it to the defensive side of the ball, you – you have your all pro back and Jair and, you know, you've got Quay Walker and Devondra Campbell's a no-go and then Quay gets hurt. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's Isaiah McDuffie and Eric Wilson in the middle of the defense for your entirety of your game. And Darnell Savage gets hurt and Rudy Ford played really well, obviously Mm -hmm. snagged another interception, but you know, then you've got Jonathan Owens back there and really hard to find consistency then on the defensive side of the ball when you've got all these moving pieces as Mm -hmm. well. And, you know, Packers fans scoffed at the week 6 buy in the offseason because you always want like the mid-season buy but this is a desperately needed buy but it also is a concern to this point that it's so early because this is a banged up football team and I don't think a week is going to yeah. do a lot for some of these guys.
0: No, I don't think it is either. I mean and it's some of the, I my hope was that a lot of these guys are close enough to where like maybe they will be back the extra week will do some good but then we thought aaron jones was gonna be back this past week but if he was like close enough that he was like a game time call almost like well maybe another week will give him i mean to me it's less at this point it's less about getting healthy and more about like all right what do we need to do like this is this is a mess and obviously the offensive line needs to be healthy and so, i mean some of the skill position guys I mean, watson's back you know that those guys are healthy what do we need to do offensive and, and that it's just it's my own bent, Maggie. I don't care about the defense, like I do, but I don't like whatever they want to do on that side of the ball. I don't particularly care about but offensively, like it's been such fits and starts that if they can just use this to like reset themselves a little bit, all right, we knew we knew coming in, this was going to be this was going to be a little stop and go, this was going to be kind of a rough year overall that we were going to be learning stuff. What do we learn over the first five weeks? What did we do well? What didn't we do well? What do we need to change? Like it's a very good time for that to then try to shift. It's almost because they did that in um what last year, right? They didn't shift their defense after the bye. It was just a week 13 bye, and it was too late at that point. Like, if they want to change stuff, like now's the time. I'm 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 all about it. And health, health or no health, just see, like that self-scout. What do we do well? What do we need to change? What can we simplify? I think the bye week is when they look to do that. So having it now. I I hope we will see a slightly better, well, or less squeaky unit, I guess, <laughs> coming 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 out of the body.
1: So I, you know, they were there were good, right? The, the Raiders had ninety six total yards. It looks like on the ground. So the Packers finally held the team to under one hundred rushing yards. We you know, it. Josh Jacobs had sixty nine yards. So pretty impressive performance, I guess, from the run defense. Garoppolo only had his 208 yards, took three sacks, threw a pick, like the defense is doing what it needs to do. And Maliflor said, like, anytime your defense can hold a team to 17 points, you expect to win those games as Mm -hmm. an offense. So I don't want to put you on the hot seat here, but is it Joe Barry, Dusty? What, like, how hot is Joe Barry's seat? Because he's, he's always the scapegoat on Twitter. And obviously the Preston Smith on Devontae Adams thing did not help his case, but he also has flashes where he really is putting his guys in positions to be successful. But then there's head scratchers where like it was the Falcons game where they had a light box and like Justin Hollins was your edge, edge rusher on a third and goal. Like, you yeah. know so so where where's your thought i guess on on the joe berry defense
0: so for the preston thing first of all if you've not if if you've not read it, the, the justice Moscada did a great thing at the banking company we wrote that up that was uh very illuminating i thought it was amazing i knew the one of the things i didn't think about was the fact that like at that point both of the linebackers and the safety were gone so like anyone who was going to make a check like eric wilson is not making that check uh, so that, that that was very interesting read i thought um I, I am of the mind that Joe Barry should be gone. I am not I'm not mad about it. I'm not going to yell about it. I think Joe Barry should be gone. Not necessarily for what has happened this year. Uh because I think the defense has yeah, not been a bright spot cuz there still have been baffling baffling things. I still just think not using some of his players correctly. Um mm-hmm. there's I, I I think I don't know. I I think he runs what he learned to run, but doesn't necessarily know like why he runs it, which makes it kind of hard to fix uh, once you, once you kind of get under the hood, but whatever. I think Joe Barry has proven over his time in green Bay, he is not good or consistent, does not consistently put his guys in position to succeed, does not, Change things up when he needs to change things up, uh I, and I mean to me that's that's the big thing. If you've got guys that are good at things, and then you do not consistently put those guys in a position to do things, like what one, one of their best performances when, when Jair Alexander like bullied Joe Barry, and they're like, "I'm taking Justin <laughs> Jefferson. I don't care what you say." And then he's like, "Okay." And then a couple of years ago against the Lions, when they were getting gashed, and Matt Lafleur at halftime was like, "Blitz Jared Goff. What are you doing?" And then they came out and shut him down the second half. I, I don't think that bodes well so again i don't think it's this year i think it's what he's done in time with the, with the packers i just don't think he's good if it's a coordinator i didn't love the hire at the time and i don't think he's done enough to say like because i my assumption i don't think they've released the terms on this my assumption is that this is the last year of his contract and same thing with Petton. uh would they just let him walk if they sign joe Barry to an extension people will burn his house to the <laughs> ground uh I will not. Uh, some people will. But, yeah, I, just, I don't – again, I don't think it's this year. I just think what he's shown, what what he's done, some of his downsides, I I, I don't think he deserves to be here after this year. I don't think he fire him mid-season, but I don't think he deserves to be here after this year.
1: It it honestly feels like the exact opposite of what's happening with the offense, where the offense is that you have growing pains, but the scheme is doing enough to help them. The defense feels like the scheme is hurting them, but the players are good enough to overcome those deficiencies. So it's like a really, because on paper, I mean, Mina Kimes has said it. There's a lot of talking heads that talk about how this defense is, or, you know, maybe not this season with, yeah. with more rookies, but should be a top five, like top eight unit in the league, given that they've got huge names all pros at a couple different positions and then the product on the field just doesn't match so I don't know I and I think you could argue at the time that it made sense with an inexperienced head coach and you know wanting somebody that's been around for a while but your defense you know we talked about all these contracts that are coming up soon on offense and you wanna you wanna get production out of your guys while you have them under contract because we know Rashawn Gary's gonna get an extension soon or he mm-hmm. better maybe they'll get that done during the buy at least. Um, but defense is gonna be together you'd hope for a while so you need somebody that can come in and get the most out of them. Did you have you know any like we talked about the offense right and how they can fix or you know be hindered by these things? What can the defense do coming out of the buy? Is it like you said putting guys in better positions? Is it a self scout? Or do we think it's just that guys like Jair are going to be Jair and keep the team together, even through some bad coaching?
0: I Yeah. I don't, I don't think it matters. because I don't think Joe Barry is changing his stripes. Like Joe Barry started running stunts and it was a big thing. Like, Ooh, he's not even <laughs> blitzing. He's just running stunts. And that was like Joe Barry's big thing. Everyone's been doing that since, since like the seventies, man. Like this is nothing. I don't think they're going to change. So I'm, I don't think they're going to do anything. I've been saying for, I mean, for a couple of years now, like I don't, Scheme is scheme. There's there's def- offensive scheme is one thing. Um, Defensive scheme there's maybe three or four active in the NFL at any given time. For the most part, like it's it's reactive. You have your shell, you have your rules, and I mean it's it's more complicated than that. But there's there's really only a handful of those around. So I don't think it matters what you're running. It's that you run it well and that you run it aggressively the thing with Barry is that like he wants to obviously put he wants to play a little soft right and you rally and tackle and then the aside from the first year they haven't been that good at tackling but I understand the idea behind it uh but there's too many like not this year I guess but last year it was too many it was like they were playing soft but also blowing coverages so like if you can't his <laughs> first year they played sound on the back end like if you watch mm-hmm. those safeties rotate like it's like okay like these guys know what they're doing and then that kind of fell off. So I kind of want. I think with if the offense does not pick it up, you need a defense that just is going to go for it occasionally. That's going to be like, okay, I might give up a seventy-yard touchdown over my head, or I might take I might take this sucker back to the house. Like you, you need to create turnovers. You need to create chaos. And they just haven't been doing that. They've got guys like Kenny Clark's been a wrecking ball up front. Rashawn Gary, we know what Rashawn Gary's been doing. Jair, we know Jair. Rasul, we know Rasul. Well, it loves to jump him around. Uh, like they've got guys who are if not ball hawks by their resume desperately want to be like have Mm -hmm. that mindset of doing that and they need to get those guys in position to do that like and just give them Give them the ability to freelance a little bit, whether that's like kind of shading a safety over Jair and telling them, okay, if, if it's an in breaker, jump it like we got you, or we don't got you, and then make that mistake at 100 miles an hour. And if they give up a touchdown, you give up a touchdown. I just think if you, if it's a valuation year anyway, and you, and you just, if the offense is not doing that well, the best thing to do, I think, is create chaos, cause turnovers. And with the soft defense, like if they're not rallying and tackling, they're going to give up. 12 play drives and you're keeping Jordan love off the field. You're not getting a good evaluation there. And then you're also not providing the offense with short fields and giving him a good opportunity. So, I mean, they, they, they picked off Jimmy G. They probably should, they should have at least one more, uh, maybe two more, I think in this game. Uh, but I think given the, given those guys just play with your hair on fire, I don't care what we're playing. Give them the ability to play downhill and just jump what you want to jump. Try to cause some chaos to turnovers. Like I think that's the biggest thing that they need to do
1: yeah I know the there was like a clip of the quote that got taken out of context, but Jair had basically said, like you have a young offense they're developing the defense needs to do a better job of forcing turnovers and scoring points on our own and doing what we can to help the offense because they are young, and mm-hmm. they are struggling a little bit to get things going, and you know of course, the internet ran with that saying that there's no confidence in the offense but you know, his point is valid and you, what you're saying is, is exactly right, where you need to just put these guys in positions to get after it and make plays. And, you know, I, I talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show, Matt Lafleur has called out Darnell Savage two or three times at this point saying that he's always the guy on the sideline saying, we got you coach, don't worry about it. And the defense has that mentality. Like they want to be that kind of mm-hmm. defense and they're just not being put in situations where they can be. So hopefully we see some change after the buy but i'm i'm with you where i just don't necessarily see that being the case so let's go ahead then and switch to our last little segment of the show where we give out game balls we talk about stock up stock down and favorite play of the game so let's start with your game ball who would get your game ball this week
0: oh man Anyone (laughs) boy, so many people to choose from, Maggie. So many great games. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and I'll give it to AJ Dillon. Um, he's been a bit of a punching bag. Did not again 3.7 yards per carry, not the best, but he's also this was the most physical. He always he'll do this where he'll like start out slow and you're like, he's a big guy. When does he run through people? And then he'll have games like this, and you find out that he will run through people he had the really nice 11 yard gain the little cutback a uh, little jump cut that was just perfectly blocked and like down inside the red zone i think he did that he had some where he was hit two yards down end up with a six yard gain so i don't think the best game overall statistically from him but i think as far as aggressiveness what you want to see out of him i think his best game of the year so i will just it's slim picking so i'm going to go ahead and give it to aj Dillon.
1: yeah i think that's fair and this is probably cheating too but I'll give mine to Rudy Ford because I think there was a lot of inconsistency on the defensive side of the ball and all off season, you know, we asked who was going to be the the starting safety opposite Darnell Savage. And, you know, Rudy Ford has held down the job through Mm -hmm. its entirety of the season and he continues to be the guy on defense, forcing turnovers in the secondary. So he'll get my game ball. How about stock up? It kind of ties into your game ball, I guess. A.J. Dillon probably has the highest stock after getting our stock down award for maybe the last four weeks. So <laughs> stock up.
0: I will give it not the not the best game for him. I'll give it to Christian Watson uh, just because this was first full game back. I still don't think 100%. I think if he's 100%, I think he scores a touchdown. Uh, but... I think he showed again, the speed of what he can do to a defense. He had a chance at a couple other balls. Uh, He had the one they slowed down on. They didn't, he didn't bring in. He had the one at the end that maybe, I mean, he was listen, not to sound sour grapes here. That's defensive pass interference. If that, if, if the, on that last play of the game, if that was a receiver, that stiff arm behind him full extension that's offensive pass interference every single time so he's fading back it looks worse than it was I still think you can go up and try to fight through that a little bit more to draw that call so there's a couple of things you could have done better but I think the speed of him out there what he's able to do I mean just a couple times with the ball in his hands that was a like a broken play that he got free on and then he that's what 30 yards down the field and he turns into a 77 yard gain so I will give it to Christian Watson just cuz I desperately want christian watson to be good and having a full game of him and doing good things uh i will i will give it to him because i think he's only going to get better from here
1: um i'll give my stock up to eric wilson with the caveat that we hope he's not going to be a starting <laughs> inside linebacker uh, but i thought in spot duty he came in and i thought he played really well i think he mm-hmm. was kind of always around the ball and isaiah mcduffianna recorded the team lead in combined and total tackles but I, I felt like Eric Wilson was everywhere and you hope Quay's back. It sounds like Devondre is going to be back after the buy, which is promising, but in spot duty, stock up for Eric Wilson, who I know is also a mainstay on special teams stock down then.
0: I'll go. Uh, I hate to do this. Um, I'll go Tucker. <laughs> I'll go Tucker craft. Um, okay. And I, I, I hate to do it because he's rookie tight end. Um, I don't expect my in a normal year in the Packers, he's seeing the field three snaps a game. He's a special teamer if he's active at all. Uh, he is he's like a side effect the that there's no production there, which I, I don't particularly care about. There's not a lot of production there. The thing that you would hope he'd be good at, he has not been good at, uh, the 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 blocking. Like he he seems lost, he's running into guys. He had the one whiff on Max Crosby, which I get. Um, uh, there was an 11-year game by Dylan that he did the same thing. I think Crosby just got wise to him. Did the same thing, lined him up. Crosby went wide and then Tucker Craft dove at him and blocked him out of the way. Did exactly what he was supposed to do. Crosby's good and smart. He didn't get him the next time. So that's, sucks for Tucker Craft. But uh, <laughs> I would hope with him getting more playing time that we would see a little more growth there, a little bit more like, he does one thing really well and i don't care about the rest of it so far he's, he's not done a single thing well so not saying that he's going to be terrible but i hope we were going to see like at least one highlight of tucker craft just like plowing through someone on like a, on a slice block and he just hasn't done it yet so i'll do stock down but that's really my own expectations for tucker craft that i had him on the high and then the first place i think yeah
1: <laughs> I'm going to say Keyshawn Nixon and I say that because I do give him credit for fair catching the ball a little bit more and you know <laughs> taking it out at the 25 because that That's was just gracious. brutal last week like I appreciate him wanting you know everybody thinks they can be the spark plug and he's an all pro right like he he can literally be that for the team but it's just it wasn't working against the Lions and I think he you know like you said wise up to it a little bit this week but a couple miscues on on the defensive side of the ball had that should have been you know house pick in the red zone that ended up scoring for the Raiders so kind of some miscommunication and I think he can still be an effective slot corner but at this point just not not the best Mm -hmm. out of him the first couple weeks favorite play there aren't that many to choose from so you have to have at least a favorite play oh
0: man I hate to go back to the Christian Watson one um I'll go back to the Christian Watson one. Uh, just, just that's one. And that's, it's that one's less Christian Watson. That 77 year again, and more, more Jordan love that. Cause that was a kind of out of structure play. It's a concept they run all the time. And generally they don't even look to Christian Watson on that. That is because he's got like the deep takeoff, usually trying to hit Dobbs underneath on like the, the intermediate crossing route. And then if not, you had, I think it was Musgrave underneath. Uh, no, it was Reed. It was Reed underneath. That they both converged. It was the two safeties and busted coverage. They converged on on uh, Dobbs when Love was getting ready to throw it. He saw Watson at the last minute. Now, there's a couple different things. One of the things I liked is that he looked up and saw Watson and was like, I'm going to throw this because it's good recognition on his part to see those guys converging. Know he had Watson, know the backside safety wasn't going to get there on a throw. It. We've also seen that stuff in the past where Love will, he'll try to be perfect with it. He'll try to lead him upfield with guys wide open and he'll miss him. There's a miscommunication or he overthrows it or something. He he just, he put it on him. He underthrew the ball, which in that situation, he's rolling left. You put it on him, you give your guy a chance to make a catch. And if he makes a play afterwards, fine if not it's still 30 yards so i like that i like that he saw him i like that instead of trying to be perfect with the ball he just put on christian watson let him stop catch the ball knew he had time and just make a play out of it so again i'll i will go with that play but it's more just the the recognition and then some of the growth of jordan love in terms of where he threw that ball uh is why i liked it And also it was the biggest gain of the day. So it's pretty easy
1: (laughs) (laughs) as the offensive guru. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I'm going to take the Jordan love scramble for 26 yards. I think I read that it was his longest of his career, which, Mm -hmm. you know, short career, but still still impressive. I talked, I think it was after the Falcons game. He's so poised all the time and he's so calm and cool and collected that when he gets up and he just chirps a little bit and talks his talk like, I love that out of him because it's it's sometimes what the offense needs. Like they need to get rolling, they need a spark. And Jordan Love has proven week in and week out that he can be what the offense needs, whether that is a calming presence or he can be the spark plug. So really like to see what he can do with his legs. Rogers is always really fun doing that, but and I love Rogers to death. He was not the athlete that Jordan Love is with his legs. So some more designed runs out of him and some scrambles I think would go a long way for helping the offense that has consistently struggled in the run game. Any final thoughts on this game before we close the book and officially head (laughs) into the bye week and hopefully, hopefully get a better outcome when we're able to talk about a worse team. (laughs) I
0: don't don't have any final thoughts. I don't want to talk about this game anymore, Maggie. No, I think it was, it was ugly. It was ugly. Um, But I do think there was still Again, I think there were signs uh, that, uh, as far as Jordan Love, some of the decision making, um, uh, some of his accuracy in the outside stuff, and the floor kind of switching stuff up based on the personnel he had. I think there's, uh, despite the ugliness, I think there was for me anyway who I. I tend to skew optimistic and I try to beat that out of myself. And I I simply cannot, <laughs> but I think there were signs here uh, that you can be optimistic about. Uh, it's just it, whether they can execute it. I don't know, but there are signs that like they know what they need to do to try to get back on track. They know how defense are playing them and they're adjusting to it. I think that's it's promise, even in a very frustrating loss.
1: That's really funny because Perry and I were like pounding the table and we said, look, if the Packers don't come out here against the Raiders and win in a you know just dominant fashion, there are alarm bells going off everywhere. So you were honestly the perfect guest for this week, because after talking to you, I'm like, there's not alarm bells at all. The Packers are going to be fine. And maybe it's our green and gold glasses. We both tend to be optimistic people in life in general. So with football, it's like, yeah, sure, optimism. But I'd, I'd, I do feel better after the rewatch and sitting with it for a little bit. I think this team can get on track. But Dusty, thank you, thank you, thank you so much you. for joining me this week. It's always fun to talk football. Could go for much longer. Um, if you don't follow Dusty already, for starters, what are you doing? I'm sure that uh, you should be following him if you aren't. Find his work. She said, "TV Packer Report." Um, which one did I forget pack a day and <laughs> <Shider River. laughs> can you talk about John Coon really quick too the, oh, the yeah. cool series that you're doing with John Coon because yeah no it's excellent
0: that's been great so we've not recorded this week yet I think we're going to do that um, either immediately after this I'm not sure or probably tomorrow probably tomorrow I think from the looks of things but yeah that's something uh, Cheesehead TV is given me a really fun example or a really fun uh, thing to do this year they hit me with uh, a week before the season we're like hey do you want to sit down with John Kuhn every week and break down films? <laughs> like, that sounds awesome. I would love to do that. Uh so yeah, every week I get a chance to sit down with uh, with John Kuhn and talk about three or four plays. Uh last week was uh five rushing plays, which is great because I don't know a whole lot about the run games. So I have to pick his, his uh, brain about the run game a little bit. So we said it's uh we it's usually Tuesdays. Usually up Tuesdays over on She's at TV's YouTube channel. Uh this week a little later because of scheduling and my football stuff, but it's it's been awesome. Um, usually I will pick a play or he will pick all three or whatever, and we'll just kind of go through it. I'll try to set it up a little bit, say what little bit I know, and then just let him cook a little bit. And he gets to talk about the blocking stuff and what he's seeing. And so it's it's been it's been amazing to be able to uh, sit down weekly with with the, not only not only a former NFL player, but like a Packers legend, sit down with him on a weekly basis. And that was um he was when i first started writing about football was 2013 when they first made the film available so one of my go tos whenever i get like new software and i want to try it out my play is always fourth and eight week 17 2013 and coon of course had that block so for me he's played a big part in in what i've what i do uh what i've been doing for the past 10 years uh for good or ill i guess So would be able to sit down with him and pick his brain about football stuff in terms of like I think this is what I'm seeing. Is this correct? And he can tell me, yes, that's right. You're smart, or no, you're dumb. Here's what's <laughs> really going on. And either way, I learned something. So it's been it's been really awesome this season. So it's it's been uh, if you've not watched those, uh, go ahead and watch those. I guess again weekly up on Cheesehead TV's uh, YouTube. But it's been it's been it's been a blast. I've learned a ton.
1: I also really love that you have Vince Lombardi on your shelf behind you because I have one who's like right. I think my mic is covering him. Oh, yeah. Yep. so I've also got Vince. But uh, that is all the time that we have for today's show. Thank you so much for listening or watching on YouTube. If you're doing that, you can find Dusty on Twitter at Dusty Please make sure you're checking out all the fantastic work that he does. I learn something every time I talk to Dusty or read something that he's written or watch something that he's done, which is really fun and cool. You can find me on Twitter. At maggie maggie Loney, the podcast on twitter at pwss podcast all other socials at packs what she said you can find us on youtube if that's how you're watching thank you so much make sure you subscribe otherwise on audio format everywhere you find your favorite podcasts make sure to download the show that really helps out our numbers dusty thank you so much this was a thank blast you. can't wait to uh plan next year's season opener trip with you but that is all <laughs> the time too. that we have and go pack go
0: go back up yeah.